Well, we have the blessing of uh, Alan Matei being with us today, all the way from Uganda. Alan, it's nice to have you here. You know, I don't know... Uh, yeah, you can stand, you bet. It's been a while since his family has seen him, and uh, so it's very special for us to get to see you as a part of our family, too. Sheffy, are you glad he's here? I'm, aren't you... Aren't I glad you said that? <laughs> and, and isn't he also? Good to see everybody today. A few Santa stats to start us out with at this festive holiday season. First, the weight of Santa's sleigh loaded with one beanie baby for every kid on earth would weigh 333,333 tons. The number of reindeer required to pull a sleigh of that magnitude, 214,206 plus Rudolph. Okay? So it would take a few reindeer. Can you imagine the amount of harness, Gary Zorn, that it would require to, ca- to haul all of those toys and that sleigh? And for those of you who are thinking that maybe I'm questioning the veracity of this Santa story, that's not the point. Okay? The average wage of a small Santa, $11 an hour with a real beard, $20. That's just the truth. And then to deliver his gifts in one night, Santa would have to make 822.6 visits per second, slaying at 3,000 times the speed of sound. At that speed, Santa and his reindeer would burst into flame. (laughs) And I can't read the bottom, but I think it says something like instantaneously. Okay? And then some holiday diet tips, because I think this is going to be a danger for all of you as well. If no one sees you eat, it has no calories. Okay? If you drink a diet soda with a candy bar, they cancel each other out. Isn't that beautiful? If you eat standing up, it doesn't count because it goes right through. Okay. Stressed is just dessert spelled backwards. Is that true? Now, wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Okay. You know, I actually have a friend in Victoria who every, it doesn't matter what word you give him, he can immediately spell it backwards. Immediately. Like you give him the word immediately and he spells it backwards immediately. Okay? And any other word. Isn't that amazing? Another trivia question or a thing that you're going to learn from me today. Number five, if you eat the food off someone else's plate, it doesn't count. That's really good for me to know. My wife finds it deplorable that I eat food off other people's plates. I find it delectable. Number six, cookie pieces contain no calories because the process of breakage caused calorie leakage. Not bad. Number seven, food used for medicinal purposes have no calories. This includes any chocolate used for energy, brandy, cheesecake, and Haagen-Dazs ice cream. I'm not sure I agree, but anyway, a few stats, okay? Then some Christmas stories. Thanks, Greg. You can turn that off, sir. Um, In a small southern town, I'll say this for uh, uh, the Jim Walshes who are here with us this morning, those from the south, okay? In a small southern town, there was a nativity scene that showed great skill and talent had gone into creating it. One small feature bothered me, however, this person says. The three wise men were wearing firemen's helmets. Totally unable to come up with a reason or explanation, I left. At a quick stop... On the edge of town, I asked the lady behind the counter about the helmets. Why? 
the wise men have helmets in the nativity scene. She exploded into a rage, yelling at me. You Yankees never do read the Bible, she says. I assured her that I did, but simply couldn't recall anything about firemen in the Bible. She jerked her Bible from behind the counter and ruffled through some pages and finally jabbed her finger at a passage. Sticking it in my face, she said, See, it says right there, the three wise men came from afar. Huh? I've got one more for you. I know you're bated breath here. Bated breath. A guy goes to the dentist's office because something is wrong with his mouth. After a brief examination, the dentist exclaims, Holy smoke, that plate I installed in your mouth about six months ago has nearly completely corroded. What on earth have you been eating? Well, the only thing I can think of is this. My wife made me some asparagus about four months ago with this stuff on it. She called it uh, hollandaise sauce. And, And doctor, I'm talking, it was delicious. I've never tasted anything like it. And ever since then, I've been putting hollandaise sauce on everything. Meat, fish, toast, vegetables, you name it. That's probably it, replied the dentist. Hollandaise sauce is made with lemon juice, which is acidic and highly corrosive. It seems as though I'll have to install a new plate, but one made out of chrome this time. Why chrome, the man asked. Well, because everyone knows that there's no plate like chrome for the holidays. There's no plate like chrome for the holidays. Let's all sing it. (laughs) Oh, I thought that was pretty good. My son, he was here visiting, isn't laughing as heartily as I thought you might. Yeah. No respect for his old man whatsoever. Okay. Once a year, I come up with some really great jokes. I, I did this last year. Remember last year, I came up with great jokes, and then I had emails all week long telling me how awful they were, and I... So this year I came up with really good ones. <laughs> it's all relative, that's right. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Brothers and sisters, here's the situation in which we find ourselves. The world loves to talk about Jesus for about one day a year. And that's about all. The rest of the year, they don't like talking about Jesus so much. And sometimes I think the reason they like talking about Jesus so much right now is because of the presence. And maybe it's the stimulation of the economy. But we, we don't find in our society people wanting to talk about Jesus very much these days. And in fact, people don't like it so much that we even talk about Jesus. There is a, a tendency, and you know this as well as I do, there's a tendency in our society right now to move toward what we keep using. We keep using the word pluralism for this. We're seeing society move in the direction of anti-truth. You know, I don't think it's just anti-Christianity or anti-Christ as much as it is simply anti-truth. 
And, and people don't like it that someone would stand up in front of a group of people like I am this morning and that I would say something like, I believe with all my heart that there is actually just one truth about reality. And the truth about reality, I believe, is that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That indeed there was a baby that came, that God sent him to the world, and that he is the Savior of humankind. And when I say the Savior, I mean the Savior. I don't mean that he's one of 40 saviors. I don't mean that he's established a faith that is one of six or seven great faiths and all you have to do is choose. What I'm saying this morning is that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he only is the Son of God. I believe that there's only one Lord in the heavens, that there's only one God who created the universe and that he wants human beings to believe in him and him only. I don't think that there are options for you. That it's okay for you to just choose any particular direction of faith that you want to choose. I don't believe that. I don't believe it with all my heart. I don't believe it with every ounce of person that I am. My mind and my heart says that Jesus is Lord and he's the only one. And so if you have any doubts about that, if you think, well, you know, this is a good group of people and they do some good things. You know, they, they feed the homeless at Christmas time. And during the week, they allow people to come in and use their building who uh, are learning uh, English as a second language. And we treat the immigrants really well. And we have people who come by here and we give them food all week long. And there's a lot of good things that we're doing. It's a good group of people. I like meeting with them. Well, those things are all good and I'm glad that we do those. But let me tell you that as a church, as a group of people who are claiming Jesus is Lord, one thing that we also want to be saying, along with all the other things that we do that are good, is that we believe that Jesus Christ is the only Son of God, that he is the one who died on the cross for our sins, that he is the way to have a relationship with the creator of the universe. And I think it's really, really important that at this time of year, the world understand that that is what we mean when we claim to be Christians. And I'm absolutely convinced that there is no room there for hedging. There's no room for compromise. I want you to listen to these words from Scripture. These comes, words come from Jesus. He says, For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. That's verse 21 of chapter 5 in the book of John. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but is entrusted all judgment to the Son. This doesn't say that there is some judgment that's been given to the Son, but others will have some other judgment. This says that all judgment has been given to the Son. That all, not some, it doesn't say some here. It doesn't say some in, in Greek. In the Greek language, it says all. It says that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son, does not honor the Father who sent him. Do you hear those words? Those are relatively clear. Scripture says that if you don't honor the Son, you don't honor the Father as well. And of course, 
It's exactly turned around. The opposite is the case that if you honor the son, you honor the father as well. This is what Christians claim. This is what we believe. This is what it means to be Christian. It's to make that claim. That if you honor the son, you honor the father as well. And if you don't honor the son, you don't honor the father. And so let's talk for a moment about this God who is the creator and the one who is superintending the universe. Are there lots of ways to be in contact with this one? Are there lots of ways for us to have a relationship with him? This isn't what Jesus seems to be saying. Jesus seems to be saying that he expects us to honor and believe in him and that he is the way to the Father. And so verse 24 says in the same text, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. I tell you the truth, the time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is, he is the Son of Man. He's the authority. He's the one who grants life. This is the one to whom we must go. And I think it's important that to that truth we cling. Turn over to chapter 14, verse 6, in the same book. It is my impression that these words are as true today as they were when Jesus spoke them. Thomas says in verse 5, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Do you see what happens when you really come to know this one who was in the manger? When you come to know the one who was in the manger, then you recognize who he is. And the person that he is, is truth. And the person that he is, is the way. And he is the source of life, and there is no other. There's no room here for Jesus to say, and I'm one among many. Because he is the one, the only truth, who is the way to the Father. Turn to the first chapter of the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1. In the past... It says, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, and when he says in these last days, he means, he means for this last time. He means in this final sense, in these days that will culminate the end of the world. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he provided purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven, so that he became as much superior to the angels as the name he's inherited is superior to theirs. Who is this Jesus that the 
world stops for a moment and thinks about. Not just a baby in a manger. He is the one who sits at the right hand of God. He's the one who finally has revealed in an ultimate kind of way, in an ultimate revealing kind of way, who God is. They say, okay, I kind of get why Kelly's going here. Obviously, there's a lot of people in the world who don't think the same thing about Jesus. He wants us to stand secure in this truth, and so he wants to communicate this to us today. But here's the biggest reason. No doubt there is somebody today within the hearing of my voice who came here because of the holiday season. You you came here. Maybe you don't come here often. Maybe you never come here. But you came here today because there's some compelling word about Jesus that you keep hearing. And it's made you come here today because you think, I want to go and hear something more about this Jesus. And what I want you to hear today from this group is that we believe that these things said about Jesus are true. And that we want you, we compel you, we encourage you to take seriously the claims that Jesus made about himself. And when he makes a claim about himself and says, I am the son of God, we want you to think about that. We want you to pray about that. We want you to think seriously about who Jesus is and what that means for your life. Why is it that the entire world stops for a while and thinks about who Jesus is? It's because these truths they take, someone does, to be true. And we do take these things to be true. One last passage. I want you to turn to the book of 1 John and look at chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Look at verse 9. 1 John chapter 5, verse 9. John says, we accept man's testimony. When he says that, he means typically. Like a lot of times, we hear testimony from human beings, and we accept their testimony. They witness to various things. They may even witness about God, and oftentimes we accept man's testimony. But he says, God's testimony is greater because it's the testimony of God, which he has given about his Son. And this is the thing about Christianity. We believe that God has revealed himself in the person of Jesus, and through his word has told us the truth. God's testimony is greater because it's the testimony of God, which he has given about his son. Anyone who believes in the son of God has this testimony in his heart. In other words, he has believed what God has said about his son. Anyone who does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed the testimony God has given about his son. And this is the testimony. Here's the testimony, and and what he says is, if you don't believe this testimony from God, you make God out to be a liar. If you don't believe this testimony about God, and here's the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. And he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. And my question is, could it be any clearer? It seems so clear to me 
that this is the revelation that God has made about his son. And we need to believe this testimony. You need to believe this testimony. And now, if you believe that testimony, what will you do about it? What will you do about it? If God has spoken and revealed this testimony about his son, what is it in your life that you'll do about the reality and the truth of Jesus? Let's pray. Lord, Scripture seems to be so clear here. You have revealed yourself so clearly about Jesus. Father, we pray that you'd help us to accept that truth. And Father, if there are people here today who have not believed or accepted this truth about Christ, I pray that you would continue to show yourself to them. Reveal the truth, your testimony about Jesus in their hearts and minds. And we pray that they would accept and acknowledge this truth about Jesus. It's through your Son that we pray. Amen.